0: Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies Podcast, where the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Go to batman-on-film.com for all the latest, greatest, flashiest news. Eh? is a movie, right? Eh? Flash? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but like the, the Flash, not like the criminal, Ezra Miller. Uh, Anyway, uh, today, uh, the summer of Superman is going strong, but uh, we've hit a little snag because is Superman outdated? Well, here to talk to me about that is uh, the man who's known for digging for kryptonite and for summoning zords, Mr. Anthony Desiato. Sir, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me. This was a wonderful opportunity to revisit what we're going to talk about. So I, I appreciate that opportunity and I'm excited to do this.
0: I am, too. And, and let me start by saying uh, I'm really glad you picked this. I think I told you uh, when we talked about this, like, you know, a couple months ago. Uh, but this is actually my favorite Superman movie. Um, I think if it was up to me, like if James Gunn was like, you know what? My script is garbage. I'm throwing it away. Uh, he's not going to do that. But uh, if he were to ask me to, re- to write a Superman reboot, what would I do? I would say what's so funny about truth, justice, in the American way. Because I think that it, uh, you know, for a lot of Superman stories are timeless. This feels kind of scary, scarily timeless, right? You know, just the idea that, and and the philosophy behind it, I think is, uh, is a really interesting debate. Should heroes kill or not? Because, you know, I've had many conversations with people like, well, I love Spider-Man. I love Superman. They don't kill. But at the same time, every now and then, yeah, I want to crack open a good Punisher story, you know, and I love the the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. I, I really dig that actually. So it's interesting to have this the two opposing ideals. that well, another good example, I guess. Uh what what's your take on all that? You know, you being um somebody who hosts a Superman show whose not favorite Superman story is one where he does kill. <laughs> but uh albeit in that one it's at the last resort and had to be done kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, So what's, what's your take on, you know, heroes killing versus not killing, you know, the great characters like Wolverine, Punisher or whatever, versus somebody like a Superman or a Spider-Man who famously don't kill. Like what, 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 how do you, where do you rank all of them? Or, or I guess a better question is what, what do you think of the debate, so to speak?
1: Yeah, it's interesting for sure. And it's definitely, been part of the conversation we've been having on digging for kryptonite, and I think Mm -hmm. will lend itself to a great discussion here now. Let me also say, though, that going back to what you were saying a minute ago, I feel like you might get your wish with the James Gunn DC film slate. The -hmm. fact that authority is in the mix, I feel like we might get some version of a story that plays out like what's so funny about truth, justice, the American way, but with the authority instead of the elite. So you know, time will tell on that, but we might, we might get your wish on that. And I think that would be an interesting way to go for sure. And then as far as the whole heroes killing debate, again, I think it, it depends on the character and the kind of story. And I think, you know, you alluded to this a moment ago that, yes, I am a fan of, of the Snyder verse and, and Man of Steel in particular, the entire thing really, but, but especially Man of Steel, where I know that the killing of Zod is is a a very touchy subject and very divisive for a lot of fans and I get it. And it's something that I grappled with for a long time too. My first viewing of the film, I definitely didn't have the most positive reaction to that. But Mm -hmm. then taking a step back, you know, again, the kind of story that's being told there where it's sort of this, you know, this heat of the moment in defense of others, a sort of scenario versus something like what we get in uh, Superman versus the elite and action 775, where it's this, bigger picture, more philosophical debate about what role Superman should serve in beyond just the city of Metropolis, but in global affairs, right? How how proactive, how how decisive, how <laughs> final should his should his actions be. And so again, I think there are different ways to kind of look at this beyond just, you know, to kill or, or not to kill. And I think this story in particular does a really good job of kind of taking the question beyond sort of a, a more, you know, specific literal instance and really takes more of that philosophical approach. And I mean again, as far as what I like, I mean, yes, generally speaking, I I gravitate toward a Superman with this code against killing, but I do I do see room for exceptions in very extreme circumstances, like we saw in something like Man of Steel. But for the most part, you know, one of my favorite moments of all time from Smallville is when uh, Clark stops the Legion from killing Chloe, who's been possessed by Brainiac. And he has this whole speech about how, you know, if you ever believed in me, and even if you don't now, help me, you know, you speak of a code, but if it it had anything to do with me, rule number one would be do not kill. So, you know, I definitely see that as a big part of the character. But, you know, then on the flip side, like yourself, I mean, I'm a Punisher fan as well. I love that Garth Ennis, Max run. Uh, I too am a fan of the Tom Jane movie. There is something you know kind of viscerally satisfying when you're seeing justice you know delivered in in that kind of context where these are clearly uh you know again definitely extreme circumstances and individuals and, and things like that but there's you know so i guess there's there, there's room for different ones i definitely wouldn't want a superman in that vein but i do enjoy those other kinds of stories so you know it really just kind of depends
0: i it's it's a good way to put it because you know when you i i like the idea of superman being um, it you know if if he's going to kill, it's it, it's the last resort, like a Zod or Doomsday or something, right? You know, um, and and I like how th- this this story just you know Superman doesn't, and I really love that when he's facing you know Black and and Manchester Black and the and the elite, he's very you know he doesn't waver. He's very much like this is the right way to do things, and you're doing it wrong and and it's interesting reading it because for how especially in, in the book more so than the movie in the book i find just manchester just you know just despicable <laughs> you know i'm just like god i hope superman just like bitch slaps this guy <laughs> then you know which he does do um, but um but i love that see, seeing this idea of superman just standing strong and saying like this is this is the right way what you're doing is wrong but then, when he's with Lois, he he's still, you know, very much believing in everything he says. But that's when we get to see the the vulnerable side. And you know, when people say, "Oh, you can't relate to Superman; he's too powerful," you know, it's a story like this. I want to point to and say, "No, like you totally can." Because look at this guy, who, you know, like just take away the powers. Let's talk about the man for a second. You know, take away the super. Let's talk about the man. He's very he's vulnerable, he's, you know, scared just like the rest of us, you know, the, the powers don't really protect him from, you know, being treated like garbage, you know, and it's and, and such a good bit when they teleport him out of Bunny and into the, the car lot, right, which, you know, it's deliberate, like, Black's just laughing at him, and, and, it, and it's just moments like that that I just, I really dig because you know in in a well-written story like this, when Superman does finally win in the end, you just we get to shake our fists and go, yeah that, that was done like as much as we don't want our heroes being dragged through the mud, let's face it sometimes we kind of do because it makes the victory that much sweeter, right? you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> oh a hundred percent, I think in both versions of the story, action 775 and then the animated film adaptation, I think both of them deliver a truly satisfying payoff, and yeah, sometimes we do need or want to see the characters, their principles tested, kind of put through that trial by fire, and see how they come out on the other end, and what I, one of the things that I really loved about both versions of the story, and both written by Joe Kelly, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Not unlike Darwin Cook with the new frontier comic and then animated film, when you have the creator of the comic then adapting uh, the animated film, yep, always fascinating to see what they add, what they take away. It, it, it's kind of an interesting exercise. But what, one of the things I love about both versions is how I know there's a discussion. It's expressed by Pa by Lois about you know can Clark beat them, and maybe maybe there's a part of Clark that is worried about that too. But my reading of it is that the thing that gives him the most pause, right, isn't, oh, I don't know if I could actually take them in a battle, but it's rather what lengths does he have to go to, right, yeah. in, in order to do that? What does he have to become? And then hand-in-hand hand with all of that, and I think, the, I think the movie does a better job on this front. The comic does it too, but I think the movie does it better of really showing you the public's reaction to all of this. And yeah. and the toll that it's taking on Clark. And you really feel for him. You know, I mean, it, and it's not that he even expresses, he expresses more, uh, you know, I, I think sadness over this, not so much anger, but you, it would be understandable if he felt angry. He's done so much for the world. And mm-hmm. then to have, to have them essentially turn away from him was, uh, was, was tough, you know, to watch and to read as a fan of the character. And so- yep. Yeah, those vulnerable moments with Pa on the front porch of the Kent farm and with Lois at home, you know, I think they they shed a lot of light on what the character's going through and and yeah, just kind of this idea, it's less about, you know, could I actually physically beat them, but it's it's again more what what I have to become, what do I have to do to show them and to show the people. Uh it, it's really an interesting challenge. Uh, it's it's a great story.
0: It what what works so well about it is having you know, like like you were saying, having the podcast discussion, having the the lowest discussion, because you get to see like both of them love Clark unconditionally. You know, so it's not a matter of like, well, they might be right, Clark. You know, you're not really listening. It, that's not it at all. They're just saying like, you know, you're you're gonna have to what you know, like you were saying, what are you gonna have to become to, to stop them, or you know, can you even stop them? And I like that the book does it with both Pa uh, and uh and Lois because it to me it 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 just you know and 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 Clark doesn't really answer. And it's funny because after like a reread and a rewatch, I thought to myself, I think Clark knows he can beat them. Like he knows that the limits of his power, right? Which is damn near limitless, right? So he knows he can take a beating. Um and and that's what i really really like uh about the story and it's funny because watching reading the book and then watching the movie it's, it you know and it's just by nature of it being quote unquote cinematic that that last fight on the moon is done way better in the movie and it's just unfair to compare <laughs> i suppose um but Lord newbern i mean i i loved him as in justice league and uh, he gives this, like I said, my favorite Superman movie. He gives, I think, his best performance as Clark in in the film, um, because there is a lot of that debate in there, and and it is a little bit like BVS too, isn't it? Where there's the montage of Superman watching the news or doing all these heroic things, and that everybody on the planet's just like, well, is he a good guy or a bad guy? What's the deal with this guy? And I still maintain that is my favorite moment in a Superman movie because. It is exactly how the world would react to Superman. And just like I think this is exactly how the world would react to the elite. They they would kind of go, you yeah, know, I mean, they're getting results, man. Like, what's Superman been doing? He just throws them in jail and they get right back out. Um, and it's on a topical uh, sense, it's easy to understand why people would vote Trump. Because he's saying all these, like, outrageous things and there's people that just, you know, I, I don't want to like, get too nasty here, but maybe they don't know any better. Maybe they're just they're just angry at the wrong reasons or whatever. They don't they don't misplaced anger, yada yada. Um, like you know, and uh, in Kent's words, uh, you know, the loud, angry, and stupid. Um, so you can understand why people would fall into that camp, and and that's why I I love this story so much that emotional reality to it that speaks to me as a fan and I go oh my god like i i i get why and it makes me so frustrated but it's also i'm so invested in the story that it's like in a weird way it's fun to feel that way right <laughs> you know <laughs> um like sometimes it's cool just to have superman be kicking the crap out of doom today but other times it's great just to have this you know moral and philosophical debate even just within yourself to go man, like what, well, how would I react in, if this was real? Um, and I'd like to say I'd side with Superman, but sometimes, you know, when you have these like monsters and things that the elite's just destroying, maybe I wouldn't, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, you describe the story as scarily timeless and it's true because I mean, I, I echo what you said about, you know, how we can see parallels to the real world today Mm-hmm. And then, even looking back at when Action Seven Seventy Five originally came out, you know, this is at the time when you now had the rise of comics and teams like The Authority, right, where you had right. superpower beings who didn't have the morality, the responsibility of a character like Superman, and they went to lengths that Superman wouldn't go to. And these were such popular characters, and so clearly, that's what Kelly was playing off of, right, with the mm-hmm. with these with the stand-in for the Authority, essentially the elite. Yeah, but again, even all of these years later it still rings true and and it's a worthy debate and and question to ask and you can even though you feel frustrated for Superman and you feel kind of annoyed with the public of the DC universe in these stories it, it, again it is understandable I think that's what makes it so compelling because like you said even though Superman has done so much for the world and has saved them so many times there are these Again, in the movie in particular, where we get into this whole, uh, you know, international conflict the warring nations and everything, there's, you know, like there are different layers to this because it's on the one hand, you know, what, what sort of role should he play in these sorts of affairs, just intervening at all. Right. And then in terms of, of whether or not to kill, right? And I think this is even more of an issue in the world of, of comic books where the stories never end. And the villains continually return. So it, it compounds the issue because, you know, you it, it is understandable at a certain point. And again, you can make this argument with Batman and the Joker, Superman or, and his rogues gallery as well. It's just like at a certain point, if incarcerating these individuals is clearly proving ineffective, and you know this at this point, and they're continuing to get out and and cause death and destruction, at what point does it become irresponsible? right? Or or are you even culpable for what they do if you're not, you know, ending things more permanently? So again, I think it's, you know, you, even though it can be frustrating, you do see the other side. I will say though, it was in the movie in particular, when Superman's called into the UN to, to address them and to sort of answer for not killing atomic skull in the streets of Metropolis, it felt very extreme. I mean, that's for, for world leaders to sort of, be, be calling on him to to even consider let alone enact something like that was yeah. was was a, was a bit much but again after what we've lived through in recent years it's like almost like nothing surprises me anymore so i'm <laughs> like well, i don't know maybe that, that could happen
0: it you know the that reality too i really like and, and it it calls to mind uh superman four right you know the um where you know he does do an extreme thing where he gets rid of all the nuclear weapons and uh if that type of story were to be done today there'd be a a faction of people against it because it's like well no we need the nuclear weapons you know i mean just look at the gun debate nowadays right you know it's so it you know that's a whole other conversation of course but i i love that character the the professor when you know he's he's saying all this stuff to superman and then he kind of goes well i'm playing devil's advocate i'm a big fan and has the superman wristwatch and this is a cute moment um and and also it, it's a good bit there, having Superman address everybody and say, "We're not talking about the world. We're talking about people, and I believe people are good." And and then you know the the two warring nations, and again, a very smart decision to have fictional nations at war with each other. Um, you know, nobody wants to be like, oh, you know, Russia and Ukraine. You know, well, I mean, the movie was made like ten years ago, but still, uh, to have that type of debate go on uh, makes it. Um, you know, so that we can kind of, you know, put, it's like metropolis Gotham City. You can say it's Chicago or New York or whatever, like, you know, these nations are whatever, whatever. And because there are these real world conflicts that I like that Superman tries to deal with and he tries to deal with peacefully. And I like the idea that he's just very honest and says, my power doesn't put me above the law. And, and you know, Manchester says exactly the opposite later, he says. We have the power. We make the rules, which I think. It, it in that moment is when he he sort of loses me. If I was going to side with him, he loses me there. Going, uh, well, that's that's scary, you know. Like, so I I could jaywalk and potentially get you know, Pam throwing out some monsters at me and eat me or, hat and throw me into another dimension or some crazy shit, uh, you know, and, um, but. It's, but I love also the uh, the not so subtle Rush Limbaugh that's uh, in in the film too. You know, and and he has such a great line where, you know, the the one uh, senators or is saying, you know, well, uh, what if they turn their their sights on you? You know, what if the elite comes after you? And he says, why would they do that? I'm an American, and I and I just like sighed immediately and then laughed, going, you yeah, know, that, that not so subtly that is Rush Limbaugh and. The kind of viewpoint he has on things and or had on things I should say. I'd say rest in peace, but I hope he doesn't. Um topic for another day though. But you know, it, it's that kind of stuff that makes, it, you know, like I said before, it makes me laugh but it also makes me uh frustrated thinking, yeah, but what what's great about the story is that there is that reality to it. There is that feeling of, you know, we we know Superman's gonna win in the end, right? Like we're watching a Superman movie. We're reading a Superman comic. Odds are always going to win. It's not written by Scott Snyder, so it's not going to be a bittersweet ending. Uh, (laughs) Most of the Batman run ended slightly bittersweetly, which I was always a little bit like, come on, man, what are you doing? Anyway. um, But yeah, having that, you know, Superman flying around and seeing people talking, you know, about, like, well, what if the elite did this? Or what if this happened, you know, or, uh, and those kids playing, you know, it's like, oh, you know, this is sucks you know you can you can kill me but i can't kill you and and i love seeing that kind of stuff because he, it's like you were saying you know it's breaking superman's heart breaking clark's heart thinking that like you know they're not everything i've done they're just they love like i think lois says it right that the shiny new toy and that aspect of it is true too that that's a, re- a real moment too I find, I find that kind of stuff just endlessly compelling. And like I said, it's why I really enjoyed Batman v. Superman, because I felt like they did a lot of that, like start looking into the Batman and trying to figure out, like, who is this guy? What's he doing? Because I don't approve of this. Versus this story where the elite's just lashy. They're, they're kind of funny. They're kind of charming. And it's just, it's so, you know, it. I, I like you said you get both sides of it, but at the same time you just since we're the ones rooting for Clark, we're sitting here going, Like I I I you almost wish you could give him a hug and say, Hey, it's gonna be okay. But like the two people that should be doing that, Lois and and uh, and Pa, are a little bit like, Well, you know, I understand where those guys are coming from, but I still believe in what you do. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the elite are, yeah, I think the elite The elite demonstrate, again, one of the reasons why Superman is so distinct, right? And mm-hmm. we talk about this a lot on Digging for Kryptonite, this idea that, or just this kind of this question of like, who would have that level of power and not misuse it, not abuse it, not let it corrupt them? And yes, I know there are other superpower beings in the DC universe who are good and pure and all that, but- sure. Superman I think is still the the best example of that and has the most power right and that's what i think one of the things that makes the character so compelling and of course the answer to the question like who who could possibly not be corrupted clark kent the person raised by jonathan and martha mm-hmm. and so yeah you see with the elite that they are not bound by the by the same morality and that you you know, you see that slippery slope and and how people could be sucked into it initially, because like you said, they're elites, the elites saying and doing everything that people want to hear and see. Right. And especially if they've been frustrated by, for example, the atomic skull continually breaking out and causing havoc in the streets of metropolis. This feels like a very refreshing, satisfying alternative to the status quo. And like you said, it's the newness, it's the flashiness, like all of that comes into play. But the whole idea of power corrupting—it's like, yeah, yeah, it's only a matter of time before they turn their attention to to, to you, to others, right? right? You know, so it's it's not always just going to be Atomic Skull and these warring nations that we don't have any connection to. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, again, I think a, a great lesson and highlights a lot about uh, about Superman for sure.
0: I, I think what what makes it work is. You know, especially in the movie is that you, we get to see, you know, Clark and Lois really just, I don't know, again, it's such a great depiction of them. They feel like a real couple. They're teasing each other. They're being, you know, they're, you know, and, and it's one of those situations where I I don't think George Newburn and Pauly uh recorded together like a lot of the movies. They don't, unfortunately, uh, like they used to with the, the old animated shows. We're not old. I mean, I guess they're old, you know, but they're not old to us, even though we're the same <laughs> age as all of them. Are. But um, the classics, I'll say it that way, uh, um, where I, I you, you get to see, like, it's funny because I was thinking about it. I was like, Clark is, you know, just a teensy bit of a hypocrite. And in, in the in the movie, when, you know, he's like. You know, Lois is like, "Oh, don't you play fair?" And he's like, "I can type five thousand words a minute, and you can't." You know, kind of. I, I, I like those bits because to me, it's like if Clark is misusing his power, he's doing it in a, in I don't know. It's it's like if we had to choose, this is the acceptable way, right? He's getting ahead at work, he's getting favor with the editor, and and it's pissing his wife off, like that. That to me, it's like, you know, because I'm sure you could have somebody on the other side going well that's not okay that the Clark does that and the elite can't, can't get away with that and when it's like well yeah but he's not hurting anybody by doing that you know he's reporting the news he's doing his job and and that's another thing that I think the movie does really really well uh versus the the book um and what I hope that James Gunn does in its, in its eventual film is I I like seeing Clark as a reporter Clark being smart and being proactive as opposed to just being like reactive to everything is that the th- a huge issue with um, uh, superheroes in general is that they're generally reactive and that's another thing that puts the elite on people's radar because well they're being proactive like they're going after these warring nations and they're just killing the the leaders of them which is just horrifying in and of itself but you can understand where some people would start clapping and go yeah that's done. When you know we here are going, well, no, because today it's those warring nations. Tomorrow it's you know somebody with you know, I don't know a, a woman want you know just wanting to I don't know get an abortion or something you know <laughs> like something you know like well let you know I don't know I couldn't think of anything smaller than that so I apologize if that was a trigger for anyone but. But again, it, it's it's that slippery slope that the a leader on, and and they know they're on. They, they have no, you know, there's no misunderstanding. It's not like they're just getting drunk with power. It's like they're they're already like intoxicated, and they don't care. They are just like this is how it has to get done. We don't care. And and Black even says if you get in our way, we'll kill you too. And and I love the way it's it's framed in the book and in the movie where he's saying all this while broadcasting them killing Superman. And and I do love that that's when the the world starts to wake up a little bit and go, well, but it's Superman. They, they can't kill Superman, right? Like that that part always kind of, it like tears me up a little bit, you know, having the people suddenly go, wait a minute, like, but you can't do that. And it, and then you just want to like shake them and go well you now now you know dum dums.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. As much as we we get annoyed with the with the people in this story, ultimately they're more misguided and misled than than bad per se, right? And and I think to your point, yes, it's it's, it's this wake up call where it's like, oh no, like we've been led down this road, we've allowed ourselves to be, but now we sort of see the error of our ways. And I I think what Kelly did really really well here was again going back to the the comic and this point in time with the authority and everything i never did you ever read the authority
0: no i i think i've read stuff with them like a long time ago but i don't have really any recollection what about you
1: no similarly i never read i mean i remember when it was coming out and i remember it was popular and it was a big thing so i remember more hearing and reading about it than ever actually reading it. I mean, I it's on my long-term list now before the Authority movie comes out. I do want to actually read the original runs. Sure. But yeah, I mean, at the time, it was more just something I knew about, but I certainly knew about how popular they were. And then hand-in-hand hand with that, and we know this as Superman fans, there's this one of the criticisms that is often levied against Superman, which we reject, but you know, this idea that the character is dull or boring or outdated or or square. And so there's sort of in the real world, that feeling maybe among some writers, some fans who don't care for Superman because they think those things. And then you see that play out in the story, right? Where Again, it just seems like for for a moment there, it seems like Superman's time has passed him by. Mm-hmm. And what I think was what works really well, too, here, and this, you know, look, a little suspension of disbelief because but at the same time, this happens over a pretty concentrated period of time so I can buy it. Superman's in a world populated by all of these other super-powered allies, right, the rest of the sure. Justice League, who, of course, would come to his defense and share his ideals and all of that, so... You know, we're kind of looking at this in a vacuum, but I, I think it plays better this way. Hmm. Uh, and the story does address this where, you know, Lois says, like, you know, why why can't someone else help you with this or why can't someone else do with this deal with this?" Right. And he's like, well, they, you know, they they came for me like this is this is my battle, right. Uh, so 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 I like that. But yeah, kind of just like playing into this uh, this idea about whether or not Superman's outdated, both in terms of the way some folks in the real world feel about the character and then in the context of the story, the way that, the public seemingly seems to regard him so uh yeah it, it works it works on, on a bunch of levels here I think and also keeping in mind that this was an anniversary issue right 775 and
0: right
1: I mean I I, I remember buying and reading this as it came out as I was reading all of the Superman books religiously and I it's funny because I I always liked it but I think there was a part of me that always felt it was a little overrated and you would see it pop up on all these best of lists. And I always remember being like, okay, like it was good. Mm-hmm. I never had anything against it, but I think I, I don't know if I ever felt like it totally warranted that space until recently, as I've come back to it and I've read it again and you see how well it holds up. And similarly, that animated movie, I watched that when it came out and I, again, I, I like, I enjoy, I remember enjoying it, but it's not something that I ever went back to i only watched it again now in in advance of our conversation and and once again i was like man this holds up i think it it expands on a lot from the comic story and like you know it has a space to do that and cinematic is a great word i think there are a number of things that really play out well and and very powerfully Mm -hmm. in the film so I, i mean i've really come to appreciate this story as it's been told a couple of different times uh, and, and again, the way, the, you know, both the, the comic and the movie really, really hold up and, and accomplish a lot. It's, uh it's good stuff.
0: Um, have you have you seen the Supergirl episodes with uh, Manchester Black? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I I remember being excited that they were introducing that character, but also being a little bummed that, you know, Superman wasn't going to be in it. Uh, but I, I thought they they had a good debate with. With that story as well, because he's kind of Manchester Black is pitted against Martian Manhunter, who is trying to has made a vow of peace in honor of the death of his father and is trying not to to kill or to be you know overly aggressive and ends up having to kill Black, you know because you know exactly what happened, but you know he's going to do something terrible and he has to stop him, and and I think that that was great for his arc. Uh, throughout that season, and I was, and I love what they did with Martian Manhunter, Supergirl series, just like in really incredible stuff. Um, uh, much better than <clears throat> General Swanwick, <coughs> excuse me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, but still, just uh, that same kind of debate. The you know the do we solve this with peace or do we solve this with violence? I think is a is an interesting debate and in the tv show you could have some finality to it right because they're not obviously it's not going to go on forever and so i appreciated that aspect and you were talking earlier about like the the never-ending story with comic books um because even if superman did just snap and say oh fuck it i'm gonna kill him you know they're gonna you know in a few years another writer's gonna go why well, have a good manchester black story and just bring it back to life um because that's <laughs> all that could work. Um, But again, I, uh, but the movie having some finality to it, I really liked because in the, in the book, he says like, your power will grow back and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Versus in the film where it's, you're led to think, no, it's permanent. Like he's, you know, he's like, I cut it out, you know, (laughs) just like really intense stuff right there. Um, But I, I think in the, you know, kind of what you were talking about before about the, the other superpowered beings. I kinda like the approach that the movie has because there's sort of an implication that Superman is the only superhero on Earth. Um and and I think that kinda it almost helps the debate a little bit because you know you'd almost say like, well Green Lantern would step up or Martian Manhunter would step up and and or Wonder Woman would step up and defend you know Clark, defend Kal-El. And uh but it, it, I like it better that it's it's just him and but I think what works better in the book is when he and Lois are in bed talking, and he says, you know they you know they didn't come after you you went after them and he says you're right I did, and it's it's that type of stuff, the the integrity that Superman has that I get behind because it's it's you know it's you know, my 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 buddy uh Zaki Hassan put it really well we're superheroes they shouldn't just be inspirational. They, they should be aspirational. And I like that aspect. Even just in a private moment, we we see Clark admit that he did something wrong, but but he's essentially saying, I, I know I did. I know I bugged them, you know, and I pissed them off, but I had to do it. And, and I'm sitting there as the reader going, I don't blame you. You know, <laughs> like I, if I had your power, if I was, as nice as you are, uh, not really. Despite what people at work say, uh, <laughs> uh, kidding. I'm generally very nice. Um, you know, having that moment for Clark to not only admit that he did do something wrong, but he feels like he did it for the right reasons, and that speaks speaks of his character much more than you know. Just not killing, I think. In, in a lot of ways, you know, if that makes any sort of nonsense. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think the the strength of the character really comes through in the story and it's not it's not the physical strength. Though you see that he it, like that's what's so cool about the story is that you see that he could go to those lengths. Again, like we said before, it's not the, the central tension here isn't oh can he defeat them in a battle. It it really is this this fight for the soul of the people. I mean, that's yeah. what he's fighting for. He needs to show them that this is not the way. Right. And ultimately i think what you what you come away with is that it's kind of the strength in in his restraint right like it would be and he even says it right it was easy to give in to that anger and that violence but it takes more discipline more strength to to not go to those lengths so and and one of the things i was thinking about is it is so viscerally satisfying when it seems like he's been obliterated and Manchester's just holding his cape, and then all of a sudden you just hear his voice. Yeah. And with Alice, he starts taking them out one by one. And again, the way it plays out, it, it seems like he's snapped
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he's gone to their lengths and he's actually killing them. Yeah. And I think what's what's so great about the story is that yes, if we take a step back and we recognize the nature of Superman comics and comic book publishing and all, and, and you know, animated movies and all, it's like no. There's really no scenario where he actually would have gone that far, but taking that out of the equation and just looking at this story in and of itself, it it, it has to be that he comes out the other side, right? Like there's no way that it would be satisfying if he just was like, okay, you guys were right. You know, we have to go all the way through, but that, that portion in the middle there where it seems like he's in the middle of the battle where, you know, it, it seems like he's gone all the way over, uh, just that, that brutality, the, battle damaged appearance that he has you know he just comes off as unhinged and it's like this is what you wanted like this is what the people wanted and well this is what it looks like yeah. and and then he's able to pull it back and and again you just see how strong he is how forward-thinking he is right he's got all of these contingency plans that allow him to make it appear that uh he's actually you know uh, taking these lethal steps and you know you just see truly what he's capable of and the lengths that he was willing to go to to make the point and because it's look the elite are killing people right so he, he of course on a on a more you know tangible literal level he wants to stop that but yeah it really is this larger point that he, he's trying to make to the people
0: that's a that's a really good way to put it because it it that is what it's about you know it's it's not about it's not about necessarily defeating manchester black and sending him to prison which you know, um, he could easily do. He he'd rather show them like, look, if this is what you want, this is the lengths, you know, I could go to, but I choose not to. And it's that, and like I said before, you know, when but Pun and, and and Lois are a little bit like, you know, well, you know, can you even beat them? I I think that Clark thinks to himself like, if I go that far, I can, but I'm not going to go that far. And then sort of realizing, well. I can go, quote unquote, that far. You know what I mean? And and, and I think, uh, you know, Robert Atkin Downs, who, who plays a uh, uh, Manchester in the film, and George Newbern. I mean, they sell the hell out of that scene. Just how terrified they all are at Superman is is so. I mean, it, you know, it's one of the reasons that that the the movie ranks so high for me because it's just like, you know. Uh, I was, you know, it's funny because uh, you know we talked um, kind of off mic a little bit about Smallville, uh, and you mentioned it uh, before. Uh, but um, one of my favorite—it's <laughs> very subtle moment, but well, not subtle, but uh, overlooked moment—is in uh, season six when, like, Chloe's mother is in, uh, you know, is is on is some version of thirty-three point one, right, and. He sends the guy to the Luther Mansion to kill Lex Luthor. But he finds Lana there and he and he like whips her around the building. It whips her around the room. And it and then Clark shows up and grabs him and says, You shouldn't have done that. And then like chucks the guy across the room. I I always laugh and I remember like on my like old phone, like sending that to some friends of mine going, That's why you don't fuck with Superman's girlfriend, <laughs> you know, like um, like because if he wanted to, he could just tear us all apart. And it's you know it's stuff that gets talked about in various Batman Superman comics, right? Where, um, there's, I think it's a line in one of the Tom King Batman runs where he says like, you know, he could, you know, he could, you know, destroy the world with his pinky finger if he really wanted to, uh, like something like that. And but getting to see it and and getting to see George Newbern really just let loose and to me it's it's my it it shows just how great of a character he is because he's, you know, he's not going to go that far. He'll, you know, he'll rough you up big time. Right. You know, like um, the JLU stuff at the end of the series, when he kicks the shit out of the dark side, you know, Uh, it's great. stuff. But he knows his, his, how to restrain. He knows how to stop himself. And I like that. Manchester just it just gets angry and is immediately just like you you killed my team you're a hypocrite everybody saw what you did, and Superman says yeah they did, and then he kind of just snaps his fingers and shows that it was all a show right, and, you know like a magic trick like yeah they saw what I did and it's and it scared them it scared me, but that's not who I am and that's who, in and that's why they shouldn't be rooting for somebody like you, and it's so. Uh, Oh my God! I, I mean, I could talk about this for hours, right? You know, just the—it's so well done. Thinking, you know, even when you know everybody's watching it, and when they see Superman kind of go nuts, you know, like you said, he's unhinged. It's, I, you know, you love that the the people are kind of like, oh my God, like he really means everything he says. If he like wanted to, he could destroy us, but he doesn't want to. He just wants to help us. And I think it's such a such a noble ending. And the idea that it's almost a cheesy line, but I think that George Newbern delivers it so sincerely when he says, you know, they're living in a dream world. And he says, good, dreams lift us up, dreams help us. I think that, that that line always sticks with me because it's like, yeah, you know, like we all need that something to look up to, something to aspire to. And it's good to have somebody like Superman on our side because for as much as Manchester was saying, Oh yeah, we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. Like at a certain point that, you know, that line doesn't exist for him. You know, it already doesn't exist. He's just putting on a good show for the world. Right. Where Superman saying, no, no, no. Like you need to listen to me. And if you won't listen to me, I'll just show you in the most horrifying way I can think of.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's, um, uh... You know, going back to where we started with this, just this whole debate about Superman killing and and talking about other characters and things like that. Again, circling back to to the Punisher, like I said, I think there's something there's something that is, and you know, and it's weird to say, but you know, entertaining, but but satisfying, and and also sort of it tracks when you when you read or watch Punisher, and you know, we recognize there are limitations of the justice system, and justice isn't always achieved, and so to see a character who will go to those lengths. Again, I think there is something compelling about that. But again, that's why it's good to have a variety of characters because I think you do also want a character like Superman who is that ideal to aspire to. And yep. as for, you know, how, you know, realistic it, it would actually be or, or or how likely, you know, we as individuals are to a- attain that, you know, that's debatable. But to, to kind of have that to look to, I think is a powerful thing. And I think Kelly does a really good job. One of his other famous issues very early on in his action comics run is the one where Superman and wonder woman are, are stuck in Valhalla fighting for a thousand years side by side. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with this?
0: I, I don't think I've read it, but I know the story.
1: Yeah. It's, it's great. It's it's one of the first few issues in, in Kelly's action run in early 2000. And I mean, not to spoil it, but it's been over 20 years. <laughs> but, sure. <laughs> but even after a thousand years there, you know, there's this moment where, where Clark and Diana are about to go into what they think will be their final battle, and they're probably not going to make it back. And like she kind of leans in for a kiss, and for a moment he's almost about to reciprocate, and then he stops and he's like, "It's still Lois, even after a thousand years, it's still Lois." And you know, I've talked about this on my podcast that that issue in particular, because it's like, on the one, you know, part of me, the sort of the 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 more pragmatic, rational <laughs> part of me is like. Come on, it's like a thousand years. It's like, would Lois even want him to do that? It's like I would, I would like to think <laughs> she would want this poor man who's been a thousand years waging this battle, this war, to have like one night, one moment of of comfort and, <laughs> and pleasure before his end. Sure. <laughs> so so there's that, but then when you kind of look at the again, this aspirational side and look at the characters, this this like living myth, there there is something. Uh, really beautiful about this idea that a thousand years he still only thinks of his wife his one true love it's you know it's beautiful and then of course we have 775 there's also the ending battle story that was a crossover uh, among the superman books It was after our worlds at war uh, but kelly was you know one of the spearheads of that and it's another manchester black story where manchester essentially goes after superman through like everyone in his life like his accountant his dentist like is just like really trying to like dismantle his life and it i don't want to you know ruin the whole thing but it, it is worth reading especially if you like manchester black mm-hmm. uh have you read it
0: no no i don't know this one
1: i definitely recommend checking it out but it 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 sort of builds to this point where manchester's trying to show that superman would kill if pushed to a certain point and that point involves lois and you know, not to give it away, but again, this idea of Superman as this aspirational ideal who will not, who will not break is, is in full display in that story. So I think Kelly in particular, and he's not the only writer, but I think there are a few stories of his that I I think really kind of speak to, to that aspect of the character. And it's something that, like I said, when you look at it from the practical standpoint, you know, maybe, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but when you look at it more for what the character represents there's something very powerful about it and just going back to what you were saying I agree about George Newbern I look I love Tim Daly uh, from the animated series but I always felt George Newbern didn't get the credit he deserved he did such a such a great job in Justice League and Unlimited and and this and I I do I think this in particular was a really good showcase because you got to see him as or hear him as Clark yeah right whereas in Justice League and Unlimited it was very very rare where you saw him as Clark
0: you can count uh, so, on one hand
1: <laughs> yes yeah, so, yeah exactly so like this was this was really it was a, it was a great showcase for him too
0: and, and I think uh Polly uh is is really great as Lois and and I like that the story does have you know like like Jimmy and Perry are in it um so you know you get some of the kind of classic you know Superman supporting characters but um I I I don't know, like, Pauly Perrette, like, uh, you know, like, I, I was a huge fan of NCIS for a long time, you know. Uh, you, you ever watch that? No. Okay. Um, it's, I it's mean, one... I,
1: know, I know of it. It's been for 20 <laughs> years, but uh, no, I never I never watched it.
0: It's, it's, you know, it's one of those formulaic, you know, cop shows that CBS and NBC and all of them are, you know, they, they spit out, like, it's nobody's business. But um, I always really liked her character because she just always had some spunk. To her. So when they announced her as Lois, I was like, "Oh, that's a great casting!" And she would have been great in a live-action role too. Um, and and I like that she's, you know, just she's just so direct with him. You know, when she teases him about the cartoon, right? Um, you know, like when have you ever said, "Does crime, when crime never pays?" And he just has this look, like, "Well, oh, you know," and, and and I love that even when later when he says you know do you think that you know we that we should that I should kill and and she says sometimes like it's it just that honesty I think is what sells the character to me because I feel like you know like you're talking about being pragmatic and rational like that that's a that's an honest answer that I think Clark may not agree with but he can at least accept but then it's great later when she you know everybody's rallying around the atomic skull and begging you know cheering manchester to kill him and she said and she's screaming stop listen to superman you know it just that that stuff i think is so is so great about lois as a character that you know she does have this you know like i said unconditional unwavering love for clark and for superman but at the same time when they're in their private moments she's gonna call him out and she's gonna say like You know, I didn't know that the S stood for silly, you know. But then also, you know, very much also digging into this. And I think that Lois gets obviously much more to do in the movie than she does in the comic. And and I love that stuff, too, that they showcasing them as this great team, which, you know, like the Superman and Lois show has done really, really well. Lois and Clark did it really well. And even the later season of Smallville, of course, and stuff that. I think can easily be forgotten. We, we've talked for you know almost an hour about Superman and how aspirational he is. but at the same time, I love that we have Lois Lane, who is uh, you know a friend of mine uh, who you might know uh, Lauren Wynn, you know she loves Lois Lane, her favorite character ever. And she said that the the world super like Clark is Superman to the world, but Lois is Superman to Clark. And I think that's on full display in this in this story you know she has to kind of be the one to support him but also defend him if you know even from himself a little bit um and i love the you know the ending when she says do you ever scare me like that again you know like i'll kick your ass or something like that it just it's that kind of stuff where i'm like man when done right lois lane is literally one of the greatest characters in all of comic books you know, uh, like what, what's your, what's your take on, on Lois in, in general? I'm sure you talk about her a lot on your show. I, oh, I know you do. I've listened to your show.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I echo all of that. I think it's, it's really the two of them as a team. I, and I agree. I think Superman and Lois and, and the other instances that you cited really do a great job of, of demonstrating that. And that that's one of the things, I think that where the movie for me surpassed the comic again, both written by the same person, but again, Lois had far more to do and you got to see them investigating Manchester together and you got to Mm -hmm. follow Lois. So I think that really elevated it. And you got to see, I mean, they got into Manchester's backstory, you know, the story he told and then the sort of the darker version that his long-lost sister was able to share. So I think that really helped flesh things out. That's one of the other things that I'm glad, you know, I reread the comic uh, in tandem with the movie because I feel like, the movie has a, has a more effective build where I mean, we know where the story is going and if, if it's called Superman versus the elite. So it's, it's pretty clear, but right. I, I think you get more of this progression where it doesn't feel like the elite is out to get Superman from the outset, right? Yeah. They're they like excited to meet him and, and it sort of grows over time. And then you see this, this split, right. Where he's not going down this road that, you know, and follow what they're preaching uh, whereas the comic and look, they had, you know, 40 pages of, you know, was it was a longer issue, but still it's only only one. And I do appreciate, though, that they kept it to one issue. I think that's one of the things that helps kind of make it, you know, uh, sort of lend itself to those best of lists. It's like it's just one issue that encapsulates so much about the character. Uh, but, but you know, there, you know, I'd forgotten. You don't see the elite until like deep into the issue. You yeah. see the like the after effect of you know, one of their one of their <laughs> rescues. Uh, and then they're sort of delivering their manifesto to the world, and so they're they're heard about and heard from rather, you know, before they're actually shown. Uh, so I thought this did a this did a the movie did a really nice job of 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 sort of building to that, and uh, yeah. um, and, and I thought that that worked really well. So yeah, the lowest the the lowest storyline, the the backstory with man with Manchester, and uh, and and again, just the way it's sort of built, I thought all all played out really nicely in the movie. And it made it one of those things where it was a, you know, it was a true adaptation. It wasn't just a literal translation of the comic. It, it actually right. was able to add something to it and made it this thing that the comic is still more than worth reading, but it's also great to now have this and and sort of get these other components. So they work really nicely together.
0: They, you know, I a hundred percent agree. It it's, it's something fascinating to, to see the, you know the writer take a a, another crack at it It, even if it had been a different writer you know like what's your take on all this or whatever but you can tell that joe kelly really has an appreciation and a a love of superman um the the only thing about the movie i'm not crazy about i'm not crazy about the animation i think it looked a little weird um and and that might just be they were trying to make it kind of look like the Doug monkey art um even though I I would argue that Doug Monkey, like a lot of other artists, has gotten better with time. Like his Green Lantern stuff from like the late two thousands is amazing, um, and even like the first run of like a, uh, like Superman Rebirth. Mean, I I I met him at a con, at a New York Comic Con, and and told him like because there's the one the cover is Superman flying at the camera with the, you know the heat vision coming out of his eyes, and I told him I was like I think that might be my favorite. Image of Superman you've ever drawn, and he and he looked at me like, okay, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I was I was just like it, it looks awesome, <laughs> you know. He, Superman looks like a badass, and I like that the movie, um, it, go, it, it almost goes out of its way, like the opening credits are all the the pleasure and the filmation Superman, so all the cheesy Superman, and and even showing the cartoon in the beginning, it shows that, it you know it's. It, it's very not so subtly telling us that Superman can be cheesy and outdated. Like how old all this stuff is versus by the end of the film, when we're like, like he, he knows what he's doing, you know, and he straight up says like, I'm not stupid. I, I know that there's bad people and I know that the system doesn't always work, but I have to believe in the people. And I think that that's, what's more interesting. And than just saying like him just being like, you know stuff has always prevailed or whatever like he's not talking about the system he's talking about the people that work in the system and and i think both the book and the movie do a good job of showcasing showcasing the people talking about superman and the elite versus just like you know i don't know if it had just been like newspaper articles like spinning at the camera or something you know (laughs) like
1: um, yeah, the whole talking heads, the man on the street, the what he overhears, I, I think all of that really works to great effect. And I, I think ultimately Superman sees the bigger picture that most others don't where in in both versions, especially the movie where he's really being called upon. Right, like explicitly yeah. called upon by the people in certain various instances to dole out lethal justice and as he says you know it's like he's i'm not a a, you know an executioner and i I think yes he has his code and of course that's that's you know a, a huge piece of it but i i think he also recognizes how untenable a situation like that would be the responsibility of that and also like we talked about with the elite people are on board with the elite killing atomic skull and those dictators but what happens when they turn their attention elsewhere and i think what superman recognizes is this sort of implicit agreement that exists between superman and the world and and how he operates in the like there's i think there's this understanding there and what the elite would want him to do and what even a lot of the people seem to want him to do I think he recognizes what ultimately betray that compact that exists between them because it's too, too slippery a slope. And, and it, I feel like it would all sort of fall apart. And I, I think he can recognize that. So it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of interesting stuff. I guess the last thing that I had just to kind of circle back to where we started with Superman killing generally, because I was thinking about this and our mutual friend, Zach Moore, I'm going to be on his show shortly uh, or maybe it already happened, depending on when this airs uh, to talk about the season eight finale of Smallville Doomsday, okay. where there's this, whole, you know, in the episodes leading up to it, this whole debate about should Clark kill Davis Bloom, the, the human side of of the Doomsday beast. And it just got me thinking, because, you know, we, when we talk about Superman killing, there are all of these different sides to it. We talked about Zod, a heat of the moment in defense of others scenario. Going back to the end of the John Byrne run on the comics post-crisis, there's, of course, the famous storyline where he coldly executes the uh, pocket universe, uh, General Zod and and, 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 uh, accomplices, for the genocide that they committed in that pocket universe. That wasn't a matter of them being in battle. like The battle was over. They were depowered. They were in prison. But the chance that they could escape and do something again was too much for superman and he and he executed them uh again going back to smallville that was an instance where uh those around clark wanted him to kill someone who first i mean he had already turned into doomsday and, and caused some damage but he wasn't fully doomsday yet and it was mm-hmm. more killing him for what he will be what he could be uh and again sort of and then comparing that to what we see in in the elite where it's you know I don't know. Somewhere in between, I guess. Like, especially in the case of Atomic Skull, it's like they were in battle, but the battle was over. But the people, <laughs> you know, didn't feel like that was enough. So there are all these different, I guess, scenarios where something like this could come into play. And and again, like we've been saying, I think this one just did a really good job of taking a really, I think, macro view. And and again, this philosophical approach to all of it. And you know, that's why we're still talking about it 20 years later.
0: It's that kind of stuff that I think really. Um, makes or breaks a, a great story you know the like I said the timelessness of it and, it, and it's like I said it's scary that it's kind of timeless right you know having this idea of a you know should should the hero kill should the heroes not whatever whatever Um, but it, you know or is violence the answer kind of a thing and something that I'm sure like you know your parents said to you like my parents said to me like, violence is never the answer and then you know you'd see some, you know you see like a cartoon with Wolverine or something, and he'd be like, "Well, sometimes violence is the answer." You know, <laughs> and, um, and then it's and I love that Superman kind of st- essentially says, like, you know, he's sort of saying both in a weird way. It's like vi- violence is the answer, but it's not the right answer. Um, you know, with his final battle with the Elite, and it's it's that kind of philosophy and and moral debate that I think you know, like like you said, it's the story's on, you know, so many people's top ten lists. Like, for me, it's it's just, like, the movie does something that I think you know, none of the other Superman movies have really done, in the sense that it's, you know, you understand why Superman is this way, and why he hopes and prays that everybody else can think like him. But he also understands that not everybody's going to. But that's why he's there to make sure that those people who don't think that way aren't going to hurt anybody, um, and that's you know that's what Superman's all about, you know. Absolutely. Um, so as we uh, as we wrap up here, a couple quick questions I have for you. Um, so across Superman media, uh, movies, TV, comics, do you have a favorite version of the S shield?
1: Oh. <laughs> Like I say favorite version of the character or actor or something, <laughs> a favorite version of the shield. Not I mean, funny enough, not not particularly. Hmm. It's like I love you know I it's, it's funny. Wait, did you send this to me? I think it was you, right? You sent me the uh the DC shop, all of the the shirts that they had. Was that yeah. you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. I, and I ended up buying that, that Fleischer one.
1: <laughs> so I bought the Fleischer one. I bought the, uh, the electric Superman one. There was Did a I? rain of the super, the reign of the Superman one was, is awesome. I don't know if you, if you saw that or you got that one.
0: Uh, I saw it. I didn't get that one though.
1: I got that. And then I just got a, a classic one. So I like, I, I, I like different variations of it, but yeah, I mean, ultimately the classic one. And then as far as a, a specific version of the classic one, you know, like, you know i think jim lee's rendition uh, is always kind of up there for me and you know I, I know there are graphics out there that will sort of show you the evolution you know through the years and things like yep. that but i would say maybe the jim lee version is is up there for me um yeah i don't know. i wish i had a better answer for it but, uh, <laughs> but yeah what what about you
0: uh i i love the kingdom come one i think it's that one which i you know really really want to get a tattoo of um because i i think it's just it's just striking how unique it is or at least at the time when it came out and it's been readapted many times you know you talk about the authority earlier there's that grant morrison story that came out last year the uh superman and the authority you know he wears a t-shirt that has that and i was like hey i have that t-shirt um, <laughs> yeah. so, um and uh so last question here to uh to wrap up um the so james gunn's movie coming out in a couple of years you know assuming that the writer strike doesn't demolish that as long as as well, as well as everything else now um are you, what are you uh what are you hoping to see in james gunn's story you know whether it be villain character theme you know because like i said th- this story would be the one that i would say this would be perfect to adapt and this honestly would have been a great henry cavill sequel had they gone that route um but what what are you what are you excited about with james gunn taking over uh, superman
1: I, I'm glad that we're not getting another origin. I, I think that's the right call. And I echo what you said. I think my biggest wish for the movie is Clark, the reporter, because I think that that's the aspect of the character on, on film, especially that is often neglected. Not totally. Again, you go back to Batman v Superman and the ultimate edition in particular, I actually got to see Clark doing some investigative reporting into Batman and in Gotham. And that was great. Yeah. But but even in the Snyder movies, as much as I am a fan and a defender, you know, I don't love it. It sort of falls into that classic trope of, you know, why he even takes the job at the planet so he can be in the middle of the action and, you know, he can find out about things and people won't be suspicious when he goes to, you know, disaster areas. And it's just kind of right. like, all right, that's fine. And I get it. But I like the version of the story where he actually cares about being a reporter and it means something to him So that I would that that's honestly the biggest thing is Clark, the reporter and you know what also would be cool especially i've spent a lot of time (laughs) on my podcast going back to the triangle era of the comics Mm -hmm. and what and i said this a million times in those episodes but the use of the supporting cast to really flesh out the world of metropolis and make it feel like a like a living breathing entity
0: yeah
1: that's what i would like to see in the movie so like I would want Lex to have a presence. I don't know that I need yet another movie of Lex Luthor as the primary antagonist, though. Right. But I would like him there. And the movies, right, typically give us Perry and Jimmy, which is great. But, you know, there's so many other characters. And so I I, I would kind of just like the world, especially assuming this is meant to launch, I mean, certainly the whole DCU, but just more Superman movies. So it's like- right. I would love to see seeds planted and, you know, even if there's kind of a background character who doesn't have a ton to do in the first movie, but then they can kind of grow. So I, I think that's the reporter side and then just utilizing more of the supporting cast and like populating the city with these people who can, you know, we can kind of capitalize on either in this movie or in the future. Those would be the biggest things for me.
0: I, uh that, I, I love that. um I, I'm personally hoping for villains that we haven't seen at least on film or in the movies I should say you know um you know uh, James Gunn has already admitted that some of the Guardians cast are coming with him I personally think Bradley Cooper would be amazing as Batalo um that that would be my choice there um or you know uh, John Corbin I should say even again if he's just like in the first film and then becomes the villain in the second film whatever um you know and you know Malcolm McDowell, amazing animated series of that character. And who, who would have thought the cat's him. That's ridiculous, but <laughs> uh, but he was amazing. Um, it's you know it's it's that kind of stuff. I think, especially after seeing Guardians three, thinking okay, like James Gunn knows how to tell compelling stories, and and even amidst all this ridiculous galactic stuff going on, you know, we're talking about a. You know, a talking raccoon and a and a walking tree, and somehow I'm you know I'm crying with them. You know, <laughs> it's like that. That's the kind of stuff that I'm very much looking forward to. Um, so I think we're in good hands with him. Uh, I didn't think so at first, simply because Guardians and Suicide Squad is so that when I think of with James Gunn, right, the offbeat weird shit. Um, but, um. You know, maybe we'll get Mixy Pitalic then as the as the villain. You know that would. <laughs> um, I mean, I hope not because who else could play him other than Gilbert Godfrey? And you know, God rest his soul. But <laughs> uh, another great casting in the anime series. Um, but anyway, I, I'm I'm rambling on about <laughs> nothing here. But uh, Anthony, this has been such a blast. I'm glad we got to uh, got to have this discussion. You know, I uh, like I said, this is my. favorite superman movie one of the best superman stories and and getting a a superman expert on the show to uh discuss it with is a pretty pretty dang cool um so my
1: pleasure no thank you for having me on really this was a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah of course um so people are uh, having a showdown on one of the moons of jupiter and uh need a podcast to listen to where can they find you
1: you know, I got a few they can choose from. So uh, the, the my main Superman show is digging for Kryptonite, a Superman fan journey. Uh, For any fans of the George Reeves Adventures of Superman series, I have a rewatch podcast about that. It's called Another Exciting Episode in the Adventures of Superman. And then for any fellow Power Rangers fans out there, uh, I have Summoning the Zords, a Power Rangers fan journey. You were a guest on one of the episodes. It was a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, so a few different shows out there. They're all available on all major podcast platforms and on youtube and i would say kind of the one-stop destination if already forgotten what i just said Flat productions.com that's my website there's links to all of my podcasts and documentaries so uh, if anyone wants to check that out i would appreciate it
0: uh yeah uh definitely check this guy out he uh he knows what he's talking about um so he uh he helps make me sound a lot smarter than, than i am so that helps <laughs> Um, as for me, you can find me at Four Comic Junkies on Twitter. Uh, check out my uh, my other podcast, The Spider Man Book Club. Wherever you get your podcasts, um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Spider Man Books. Uh, if you're listening with an Apple Podcast, please uh, write a review, subscribe, get uh, get those buds and ears, as I like to say. And uh, to all you super fans out there, uh, we just want to say that dreams lift us up. And except for the dream I had earlier, which was really weird. I mean, like it, I was like being I was like stuck in some place and I was supposed to do an assignment and I couldn't do it. And it was really weird. And I got mad because I'm a grown man. I shouldn't have work to do like schoolwork, you know. So those types of dreams don't let them lift you up. But maybe a good dream. maybe 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 something with like girls or puppies or something. I don't know. You're know, you you're you're, you're grown ass people. You can decide what dreams could good for you. All right, we're done here.